It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, this is Gary Stills, and you're listening to the Raspy Voice Kids. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt, joined by... Jeremy J.N. Phoenix, I'm here in the building as well. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. This is the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You are now tuned in to Pop Culture. Pop-pop-pop-pop! Today we're talking about something that's a little bit morbid, something that's a little bit dark, but it's real. We're talking about death. Jeremy, if you had the choice to have an extended dying period meaning you knew you were going to die you had some kind of terminal illness and you could have it extended for a period of time or you could die suddenly instantly almost painlessly which would you choose if i die young bury me in yeah that's immediately what i thought when you brought up this question um you know what the truth is, I you know we've we've been affected by this, uh, the suddenness of it all within the last few years with some uh, dear love family ones, as I'm sure everybody has, um, you know somebody how somebody else has, and it's made me think about this in the past. And for me, I don't think it's a question. It's not close for me. Uh, I'm not about that dying suddenly life. I, I just am not. Um, granted, when you go long term. You, you got to deal with pains and, you know, you know, coming to the realization that it's coming to an end. But I feel like for those people who need closure, for me, I don't know if I need closure, but it's just you get to sew up some of them things. Yeah, it's terrible to I, I don't want to say suffer, but just know that you're going. But at least you can get out what you need to go get out and express what you need to express to, to either loved ones or, you know, whoever it may be. Um 
then again, I guess if you go quick, you don't know that you didn't, you didn't leave it. You know, you didn't get to say what you needed to say. Um, but for me personally, I, I think that I would rather, I'd rather, uh, I'd rather know. I'd rather know. And I'd rather head towards the destination than just one day not wake up. Yeah. So the thing that's interesting to me is that there are, there are, there are pros and cons to both. I mean, you're going to die. So that's mostly a con. Okay. Let's be honest. But there are pros and cons to both. I think that there are some benefits. Like if you die suddenly, there are a lot of bills that don't have to be paid because you've been in an extended healthcare situation. You know what I mean? Medication, doctors, testing. Um, but what if you? But what if you didn't handle your stuff right? And you don't have a will, or you don't have certain people's names on certain papers. For you, I guess it's no big deal. But for everybody else, that puts an ex- an extended amount of hardship on them, having to crawl cross the T's and dot the I's, and you know, no, figure out what to. That's what I was gonna go. say. That the biggest con I think of dying suddenly is for other people, because you leave you leave them trying to sew stuff up. Somebody's got to find you. Usually in a sudden death situation that's not fun that's bad that's traumatic for whoever's involved in that but also like you said if you don't have your eyes dotted your t's crossed then people now you got people fighting over your will possibly you've got government taxes all that kind of stuff that's got to be figured out there are all kinds of problems with dying suddenly um but i i just feel like dying suddenly is it's like the difference between getting blown out in the game versus from kickoff versus a last second loss and everybody knows i would rather the i would rather have a blowout i'd rather you blow me out that way i know it's over i don't have to worry about it i don't have to think about it there's no pain there's no what ifs there's no coulda woulda shoulda it's done and the same thing to me about the immediate death but the biggest jeremy the biggest reason why i fall on the i want the extended illness side of it do you know why why call me kobe son i want that farewell tour <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm, yeah. I want the farewell tour. I want people coming, pay their respects, showing they love. People apologizing to me for things they did years ago that maybe I didn't even know about. I want people lamenting my loss. I want people coming bearing gifts. I want the whole shebang. I want the That's whole a- farewell tour. And you don't get that with no sudden death. If you have an extended illness, you get the farewell tour. You get to say all your goodbyes. You get to say all your love you, I love you, your sorries, whatever you need to say. Get all your eyes dotted, your T's crossed, but also you get people coming in a parade. And I think that's just the way I'm set up. I'm set up for the extended illness. No, no, and, and I get that. And like CT Money used to say, our cousin Corey Turner, he was always like, yeah, I wish I could be at my own funeral. <laughs> no, I, no, I used to say that to him. I said, you're the kind of person who, who, who wants to die only if he could see who actually showed up to his funeral. It's true, but the other, the, you know, the salty part of me says, "Why do I care?" Like I'm sitting here on my deathbed now. Now you coming? Now you feel inspired? Now nah, this kind of stuff I was looking for before. Now when it's all over, when it's over, now when it's all over, and it don't mean nothing, it don't mean boo. Now, <laughs> now, now you can come telling me all this heartfelt stuff, and I'm supposed to just forgive, and we supposed to be gravy. Nah, baby, nah, nothing. nah, Jeremy, that's the best part. You ain't got to do nothing. You're on your deathbed. You make the rules of the Kobe farewell tour. Yeah, but the, but the thing is, but, 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 but hold up, hold up. But the reason why it's not is because let's say you want to send a message. You want to say, look, I'm I'm gonna die anyway. I'm gonna tell this person off. They got the ultimate trump card. <laughs> they got the nope. ultimate nope. trump card in this battle. No, you know, no, no, because even when you die and they get to live, they might think that's a trump card, but they got to live with the pain that their that their forgiveness was not granted. You have the ultimate trump card. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you I don't know. Power. 
I don't know. I'm just saying, if I was talking to somebody on their deathbed and I try to apologize, then they jump bad. I would never say what's coming to my mind right now. But if I did say that, <laughs> I win. <laughs> like, I would be like, hey, well, hey, well, may God bless you with many more days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As I walk out the room. Like, you walk out the room, I don't you will feel something. <laughs> you know? And you never get the closure that you came seeking because you came to me. I didn't come to you. You came to me. Yeah. But that's you know, how people, I feel. I want the extended tour. If I had to die, I don't want to die. I want to live forever. Um, but what would you choose? Those listening to the Raspy Voice kids right now, what would you choose? Would you choose to die quickly? Or do you want the extended farewell tour that Brandon Phoenix would seek for himself? Get at your boys. Let us know. Raspy Voice! I am very excited to announce a new sponsor to the RVK that you guys will love. Symbol. It's the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol has blended sports and the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off your favorite teams or whoever it is you want to invest in. Use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol is offering a very special giveaway to the 1012 Network and the Raspy Voice Kids. It's going to hold a drawing to give away two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. All you have to do is sign up for Symbol, make a $25 deposit using promo code RASPY12, that's R-A-S-P-Y-1-2, and you will be entered into a chance to win two tickets to your favorite team's game this season. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account, and when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code R-A-S-P-Y-1-2, RASPY12, for a chance to win two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. Visit Symbol.com and use the promo code RASPY12 and start investing in your favorite teams now. Are you a Big 12 basketball obsessed fan and have nowhere to go for just all of your Big 12 basketball information? Look no further because Midwest Madness is here just for you. We talk men's and women's basketball all year long. With exclusive interviews, guests that come on to talk about each team, game recaps once the season begins, and so much more content you won't know what to deal with. So for all of your Big 12 basketball needs, Midwest Madness is your place to go. Listen on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. It's that time of week again. I got five on it. Five questions given to the RVK. Me, your boy, JMP, my brother, I also hate Pitt, are going to fill in those blanks. It's a big, big, big week. Rivalry week. VT coming in. Jordan, spin it. It's that time again. Time for another segment of I Got Five on it with the Raspy Voice Kids. Let's get things started with the first blank. Garrett Green should blank... In the Virginia Tech game. Garrett Green should play significant. Now, let me say this. Garrett Green should play significantly. A significant number of plays in the Virginia Tech game. And I don't mean uh just one and then he's out. I mean almost like a rotating dual QB, two QB, go get him, take our chances, see what you got sort of situation. I want Garrett Green to play significant time against Virginia Tech, because I think it keeps him off balance. You don't know what he's going to do. You don't know what's scripted. There's not a lot of film on him. 
And also, he's got a higher ceiling than Jared Daggy, which we've talked about before. I want him to see significant minutes, significant plays. He want a good girl. You want a gentleman. You're saying the same things like a synonym. Brandon, we're saying the same thing. I feel like we're right on par. He should get significant snaps. Should he be the starter? I don't think so. Especially what we'll get into with the roundup, some things that Neil Brown said about him comprehending the plays and running the plays. I don't think he should be the starter. He should get significant snaps that will affect the defense and make them think if if Garrett Green doesn't get significant snaps this week and we don't win, whoo, we don't have a problem. Number two, the Virginia Tech game means blank for Neil Brown's career. To me, the, the Virginia Tech game means. Hmm. <laughs> I wanted to say everything, but it, it can't. The Virginia Tech game means a lot for Neil Brown's career. Because if Neil Brown doesn't beat Virginia Tech, that'll be yet another time where he hasn't won two games in a row, which we've never won more than two games in a row with Neil Brown. And it's looking like it's not going to happen because we got Oklahoma coming after Virginia Tech. It's going to be hard to trust in what he's trying to build at West Virginia. And if he can't make it at West Virginia, if he can't be more than mediocre or 50-50 at West Virginia, he's not going to get a job as a head coach, probably even at a lower level, in my opinion. He'll be going back to being a coordinator, which is a big step down from a guy who's running a major college program. So I think it means a lot for Neil Brown's career to get a win at home as the favorite, which we'll talk about later, Against Virginia Tech. This means everything, Brandon. You go this week. I I just don't think people. Some people do. I don't think some people. Other people do. This is monstrous for the climb. Everybody's in. Some people doubt a few little things. The team is in. The state is in. We're in year three. This is everything, Brandon. I'm not saying we have to win the game, but we gotta look different. We have to play well. And, the, and I said we don't have to win, but it's a big thing to win. Because, Brandon, if we lose to Virginia Tech, we'll be one and two. And we never beat Oklahoma. That means we're going to start off the third year of Neil Brown's era, the trust the climb era, one and three. This, I've never seen a singular game, or, or I guess, let me say, I've never recognized a singular game as being so massive for the trajectory of a program. And that's where we're at this weekend. It'd be really nice to win. But, baby, we got to play well. I, I bet I come away from this game saying, you know what? Virginia Tech is just a better team because it, it, it's 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 that big. Another rivalry game, year three. Whew, this is massive. How can it be that massive and you say that it doesn't that we can lose and it still be okay? Because if we lose to a better team, if we show up and Virginia Tech shows why they beat North Carolina, like they're a really great team. And like they're going to maybe be in the ACC championship game. Okay, I need to see what. I, like I said, I I don't always need to see us win. I need to see us taking steps forward. Yeah, so for and then the first isn't roster development part of taking a step forward. This is this is the truth, but that's why I said I need to see because let's say Virginia Tech comes out and is on fire and looks amazing. Why would they? But our guys, amazing, Jeremy, they only scored. But seven. our guys, but our guys look amazing too. Let's say it's a hard fat fault bot battle. It's 27-24, and they made some ridiculous plays. You know, it can happen. Like I said, there's, I guess there's a scenario where we can lose and I can still trust and climb. If we go out here and get embarrassed, it's over. It's over. Number three. 
WVU being three-point favorites against Virginia Tech is blank. WVU being three-point favorites versus Virginia Tech is surprising. I could not believe we were favored against a number 15 team in a rivalry game, even though it's at home. But that tells you what Vegas thinks. Vegas thinks that these are basically the same teams because you get three points at home almost always. So if we're three-point favorites, that's basically, that basically means at a neutral site, it would be even. And that's surprising to me. It tells me maybe we made too much of Maryland and we didn't make enough of LIU. That Vegas and the, and the Sharks saw something that we didn't see coming into this game. I feel like uh, Bobby Brown when I say, it's my prerogative. And I say that before I give you my answer, <laughs> as I have made up my own word. <laughs> Let's hear it. It's flabbergastingly. <laughs> it's flabbergastingly. Wait, uh, West Virginia beauty favorite is flabbergasting. Yeah, flabbergasting. That's not even a real word, but I'm going to say it. Because you understand what I'm saying. Flabber- flabbergasting? Yeah. Flabbergasting is a word. Flabbergasted is a word. So I'm yeah, but flabbergasting, I don't think it's a word, Brandon. Yeah, it is. It's a verb. Flabbergasting? Okay. All right. Excuse me. I had never heard it used before. Okay. See, I'm a pioneer. It's my prerogative to be a pioneer, not just to make up words. It's flabbergasting. What? We're three-point favorites? Especially, like I said, when we didn't run the ball well against LIU, 15 carries for Lenny Brown for 23 yards, especially when we look like we did against Maryland, especially when Virginia Tech beat North Carolina, a ranked team, uh, and came out and did it. Now I've heard people say, hey, it may not be as big of a win because UNC didn't look that well. I know, but you tell me when West Virginia has looked good in, in 2021. And don't say LIU because we were playing, I don't know, uh, Parkersburg's Jackson Junior High School. So that don't count. And we didn't run it well against them. I'm flabbergasted that we're favorites. Hopefully, the guys in Vegas know something that I don't. They may be a, a teeny-weeny, itsy-bitsy, little bit smarter than me. But we'll see if it's true. I hope it's right. But when I saw the spread, man... I was flabbergasted, flabbergastingly. Number four, I believe the offensive line will look blank versus Virginia Tech. I think the offensive line will look familiar. It will look like what we've seen against Maryland, what we saw against LIU. Jeremy, do you know that Letty Brown only has uh, had 20 carries for 41 yards between the last half of Maryland and the first half of LIU? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think it's going to look familiar. If you can't move LIU around, you can't move anybody around. And for whatever reason, whether it's scheme, I don't think it's personnel because we have the talent. It's got to be scheme and technique. We can't do it. And I think it's going to be the same against Virginia Tech's stout defense. I think we're going to be just like Dennis Green saying they are who we thought they were. Brandon, unless these monsters can can steal some NFL talent to infuse them into their bodies. I don't see us moving to Virginia Tech's defensive line all uh, around. We need some kind of, I mean, I, I maybe it's there, maybe the tail's there. Hopefully it's just um, technique. I, I don't see it. I don't see it at all. Uh, hopefully they get mean. I know Doug Nestor has to be motivated. But uh, if you're not motivated for Maryland the first uh, week, uh, I'm really going to go this time. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. I hope these guys show up and show out and show that they get infused with that monster funk. 
that they pushed him around. I'm like, whoa, these guys are for real. Maryland, they got caught off guard. LIU, they weren't inspired. And now, look, we're calling plays. We're running traps. We're doing this and that. It's real. But the truth is, I feel like we're going to be Dennis Green at the end of this game saying they are who we thought they were. Number five, WVU will blank Virginia Tech. I believe in my heart of hearts, having seen everything I've seen, knowing everything that I know, West Virginia will beat Virginia Tech. Oh. I wasn't sure, but the more I think about it, they have to, Jeremy. They have no choice. Neil Brown has no choice. Jared Dagey has no choice. They have to win this game. It's time for the Black Diamond Trophy to come home. They don't have any choice. They got to win. They have to win. Fuentes, he doesn't have to win this game. He's got a signature win for the season. Neil Brown has no signature wins. He's got to win this. No, I like I like your uh, heartfelt analysis because it definitely came from your heart, not your brain. <laughs> I personally think that West Virginia allows Virginia Tech to get closer to the overall lead in this series. We're still going to hold it. We're still up. We have a couple games of room. But I think uh, I think BT moves a little closer, mainly because I haven't seen our defense be opportunistic to cause turnovers. And I don't believe in the offensive line as of now. I want to believe I like them kids. Don't get it twisted. Like, I'm not hating on you guys um, as in your personalities and who you are. I'm saying so far what I've seen from this new offensive line, uh, Neil Brown said it during the Big 12. This is the uh, Big 12 uh, media conference. This is the first time we brought back all these guys. And I haven't seen it thus far. And I'm inclined to believe what my eyes see. So, hey, look, I want you to go prove me wrong. If you prove me wrong, baby, I'm going to shout you out. I'm going to send you an RVK shirt. Let us run for over 250 yards. I'm sending every single offensive lineman a, a RVK shirt. That's on me, not you, Brandon. I'm going to do it myself. Lie. But right now, but now, <laughs> but I'm inclined to believe what my eyes say. And I believe uh, the overall battle is going to, uh, the overall wins and losses is going to get a little bit closer after this year. Well, that's it. There you have it. We got five on it. We went and did it. Tell us what you think. We're on to the next segment. Right, my boys. Hello, Frog fans. I am Melissa Trebowasser, and this is the Hit the Horn podcast, your source for all things TCU athletics. And I'm Colin Post, and together we'll keep you up to date on all things Horn Frog sports, providing perspective as two people that cover TCU and are also fans of the Frogs. Each week, we'll recap the biggest games on the schedule, including football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, and more. So when you're looking for the latest news, insights, and even our opinions, be sure to hit the horn and give us a listen. Your home for everything Kansas Jayhawks is the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Metz, and every week we run through the most important stories for all your favorite Kansas programs, whether it's football, soccer, or tennis, volleyball, or basketball, baseball and softball, or any other Jayhawk competition, we have it. We have game previews and recaps, interviews with coaches and others close to the team, and analysis from those who pay close attention to all of these programs. You can find us by searching for Rock Chalk Podcast on your favorite platform, so start listening today. Yes, 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 y'all. Who got the? It's the tribe, y'all. Yeah, I messed it up. Tribe Call Quest. Shout out to them. It's your boy, JN Fiend. 
I know you probably thought I was part of Tribe Called Quest. Maybe I should have been because I spit hot fire. Shout out Dylan, Dylan. But anyway, this is the RVK. I'm with my brother. Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pit. And we're here for the roundup, man. We're talking everything Mountaineers. Uh, hit a few spots. Go a few spots. Uh, talk about the NFL, man. There's a lot of action in the NFL that we need to talk about. We need to talk about uh, the Saints doing what they done did. We have to talk about Aaron Rodgers looking homeless. Uh, we have to talk about the Chiefs, the Browns. So many games, so many wonderful things. But, bro, the way we're going to kick this off is we are actually going to talk about the VT game, the post-LIU game, the Garrett Green, the Jared Deggy. Woo! It's coming up Saturday. How do you – yeah, Iowa State, Iowa – we're here, though. We're here now, man. What are you expecting for the VT game? I'm expecting to see offensive plays we haven't seen. I expect Jared Deggie to start for those first 10 plays to be scripted, to be run very well because, they I mean, they have a good secondary, but we have really good receivers, I think. As long as they catch the ball, we do well about getting separation and getting open, in my opinion. I think that we're going to look good to start the game. The sustain, uh, sustaining it is what's going to be interesting to me. Can we sustain it? That means having a potent run game. I think that's where Garrett Green comes in. He changes the running lanes for Letty Brown, for Tony Mathis, for Justin Johnson, if he gets snaps like we hope he does. Um, Neil Brown said that Justin Johnson looked like he just young, you know, missed some things that he could have made if he had more experience, whereas Tony Mathis looked rusty. So I think we're going to lean heavy on Letty again. Hopefully, Tony has healed up enough to where he can come through and spell him because I think that's where we're going to make some real hay is if we could run the ball when Garrett Green is in the game. Let me tell you this right now. To all Mountaineer faithful, to everybody who's been trusted to climb, everybody's been on this bandwagon. Everybody's been on this elevator and pressing the up button because we trust the climb. This is for this, this right here, this game right here will show us, I feel, whether Neil Brown's a man or not. This is huge for him. We trust the decline. These are the kind of games that the decline makes us believe. This is a signature win. This would be a huge signature win. I'm not telling you Garrett Green has to start. I'm not telling you that Justin Johnson, who I do believe in because he's explosive, has to get a whole lot of carries. But this offense, when you center everything around one game, which I believe they had to because Virginia Tech is a massive one, especially at home. This this is a big, big game in the believing, in the don't stop believing. Brandon, I told you this earlier, and I'm I'm being real. If West Virginia were to lose this in ugly fashion, the mass exodus off this trust the climb would be so great. I don't know if Neil Brown could recover. I don't know if the, the players would put faith in it. You know what I mean? I Jeremy, I don't think we can lose. I think losing as a favorite, because we've already lost as a favorite to a rival, and that is Maryland. We lost opening that game as a favorite to Maryland, a team nobody expects to be very good. And we didn't look good. But we only lost by six points with four turnovers. So you're saying it's a close game. I just don't think it's enough. I think he's got to win this game. All right, maybe, uh, maybe it's not if we lose close. It's more of a if we look good. So you're going with the eye test. Yeah. Yeah. If we look good, if we look like we've made adjustments, if we made changes and then they just outchange us. Okay. That's one thing. But Maryland, we lost by six points, but we didn't look good in losing by six points. Our offense in, in the three years that Neil Brown has been here has not made adjustments, especially not in the second half. The defense does. Jordan Leslie does a great job. 
But the offense, Jared Parker and Neil Brown have a lot to prove. And it's going to be hard against a really good defensive team in the Hokies. But there's a reason Vegas favors us. You can't keep going in and losing games you're supposed to win. It's hard enough to trust the climb when you lose games that are 50-50 or lose games you're supposed to lose. It's hard enough to deal with that. You can't keep losing games you're supposed to win, especially one at home. I'm sorry, Jeremy. He's got to win this game. Like, if you look at it, the other thing that I think about with this is Justin Fuentes has lost 28 players to transfer, including Doug Nestor, who's with us now. He's lost his best tight end, one of the most dynamic players on their offense, to injury. And you're telling me they're going to come into Morgantown and win and we're going to still trust the climb? I mean, I hear what you're saying with the eye tech. And you know what? And you know what? And you know what the biggest thing is that that's tough about that is that we're going to still trust the climb. If we were playing um, LIU in week four, then maybe this wouldn't be as big. This is so huge because we're playing Oklahoma next week, which means, I mean, 99% chance we're not beating Oklahoma. So if we lose this game, we're going one and three to start his third year. That's why this is so big. Yeah. I agree. I thought too. So, so, so I know you heard the post game remarks and, and the um, the interview. I mean, the media session that Neil Brown had with with uh, the reporters talking about how Garrett Green didn't run the plays that were assigned. Well, he didn't run them the way they were assigned. Do you, do you does that change? So, like everybody said, oh, Garrett Green should start. Garrett Green should start. Does that change your perspective? Look, we did a, we did immediately after LIU game. Me and you both went in about you know Garrett Green. Does that change how you feel a little bit? I got a question for you, Jeremy. What are you more interested right. in, process or results? Uh, it's close. I, li- I like the process because process. Sometimes you have to work your way out. Yeah. I'm, I guess I'm, yeah, I, I guess I'm just about the process. Okay, but 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 but, but 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 you say results. So 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 let me just say like this. So you're saying process or results. It's hard for me to I don't know quantify or qualify I don't I don't know it's hard for me to I, for some reason my mind's not wrapping around this I'll give you an example Do you think the Patriots would have won Sunday if Cam Newton was a starting quarterback and not Mac Jones Wait say that again Do you believe I think I said Cam Newton Do you believe Cam Newton would have won with the Patriots instead of Mac Jones on Sunday well, I mean, I think Mac Jones would have won if the running back didn't fumble the ball late in the fourth it, quarter. In here's the thing. Here's the thing. It was a one-point game. I can't – I just got to believe that Cam Newton would have won that game. But the point was Bill Belichick said, look, I'll take that L because in the overall growth and process and for what we need for this year, we'll take that because they're looking to the future. Yeah, but again, like I don't – I take Umber – I take – I have an issue with with you saying that because I don't see. There's nothing about that game that tells me Cam Newton would have won. There's nothing Mac Jones did to lose that game. Yeah, well, well, here's the thing: they were in the red zone four different times and they never scored a touchdown. Yeah, but I mean that, that, that's that's in the red zone for the Patriots either. Yeah, what you say? Cam Newton was not good in the red zone for the Patriots either. Don't compare Cam Newton with no offensive line and no defense okay, and no receivers. Fine, but you have no. You have you hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You have two tight, two new tight ends who who are great. A new offensive line. Don't compare last year to this year because the, the Patriots this year are way better than they were last year. And I gotta believe that he'd have taken off on his legs. And I feel like he'd have found a way to win a one point game last year. The point I'm making is they know what the future is. Back Let, fumbling the ball. Yes, yes. Lost. 
by by that point, by the way, Mac Jones, what, did he throw for one touchdown? One touchdown in the red zone four times. You only come up with 16 points as an offense. Look, I'm not saying Mac Jones didn't look solid. I'm saying could uh, uh, a, a, a veteran quarterback who knew the system, who's been in there, who could have taken off with his legs, did a little bit more. What I'm doing is I'm showing that with Garrett Green and, and Deggy, sometimes you have to take a loss early for future benefits in the league. I mean, uh, uh, for for the future benefits of the wins of the season. Yeah, no, for the pro- for the process of your program, I get what you're saying. I understood what you're saying, and I got I got distracted by. Look, don't come at Cam, okay? Don't exactly. come at Cam. You got a crossroad, Cam. I get it. Listen, if we lose starting Garrett Green, I'll feel very differently than if we lose starting a six year senior or fifth yeah. year senior. Yeah. Yep. Amen. But and I'll feel I'll feel different also if Garrett Green only plays one series or maybe five or six plays. I'll feel differently if we lose that way. Because again, you're telling me this is the best we have. You didn't develop anybody behind him, whether it's Will Crowder or Garrett Green. And you can give me all the excuses, the COVID year, all that nonsense. I don't want to hear any of it. I don't want to hear any of it. If we this go is down the third. with Garrett Green, I can chalk it up to being a redshirt freshman. If we go down with a fifth year senior, I got a problem. I got a real Second- problem. Two years in, no big deal. Three years in, yeah, there's a problem. And the other thing that the other thing I'll say for for all of this is I like results more than I like the process. I'm telling you, if Garrett Green doesn't run the right play, but he runs for 98 yards and two touchdowns, something that hasn't been done since Pat White. I don't care who we're playing. I like the results better than I like your process, and I think coaches get hung up on their process too much. I like coaches who adapt to what they have as opposed to making what they have adapt to what they do. And that's where I want to see with Neil Brown. Is he stubborn? Is he stuck on his process? Or is he going to see the trees instead of just the forest and recognize Garrett Green has dynamic abilities that Jared Dagey does not have? And then but implement he- them in a way that doesn't put the team in too much danger. That's what I want to see. That's what I think he can do. That's what I think he was uh, setting us up for by putting Garrett Green on tape, making Virginia Tech think and have to prepare for him. Uh, that's my opinion. That's what I, that's what I, the way I, I- see this game. I'm also interested to see what the defense does. Uh, Leslie is in there. They made adjustments. They looked fantastic against LIU, the junior high high school. Uh, Maryland, they made some adjustments in the second half, and I liked it. I'm very, very interested to see what transpires in this game because, once again, a big boy, Power 5 conference. Um, I'm looking for us to hold them under 24 points. That's my demarcation mark. Under 24 points. If we can hold them under 24 points, I'll say, hey, look, the defense did their job. Hopefully we hold them under 20, but I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say 24. Uh, But they're talking about rotating defensive players or rotating players in general. I think last week we got to see what a few guys can do, uh, what some of the backups can get in there and do. So I'm excited to see our defense. I'm hoping that uh, they're they're 100% not kicking the ball to Winston Wright, but I I hope they do because he's exciting, he's explosive, and he's one of the reasons why you turn on the TV to watch West Virginia. Offensively, man, there's so many things that we want to see from this game. We will see Gary Green. We will see the offense be more explosive. Brandon, minimum, I want you to tell me, especially going against a Power 5 team, how many points do you at least expect to see or want to see? Whatever win the game, I know, but but like that's what I was gonna say. I don't have, I don't care, Jeremy. I don't care if we win this game three to two. I don't care if we win this game two to nothing. I don't care. I don't care. You just gotta win. Fine. I care about the results, not the process. But if I, but if I'm going to be realistic, I think we got to score 25 points at least to win. The over under is 50 and a half for the for the total for this game. 
And I don't think we're going to be, I don't think we're going to, I think it's going to go under. If I, if I was a betting man, I would say we're going under 50 and a half for this game, especially if West Virginia wins. If West Virginia loses, it could go over the 50 and a half. But I think we win. I think the total's under 50 and a half. Um, and I'll be happy with us scoring 24 points, 25 points. All right. Well, that's it for West Virginia. You have anything else about the West Virginia football team? Uh, no, we covered all of it. Oh, wait, I want, I do want to say they did, they did a really good job against LIU. They got 80 players in. That was a big deal to me. I'm glad they did that. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad they got 80 players in. I've never heard of but 80 players getting in. Bring that up is because against, against Maryland, they didn't get players in when they, Brandon, the yeah, I mean, I, I get that, but Brandon, uh, like I said last week, we literally played the worst team I've ever seen us play ever in the history of West Virginia football. Like I'm, I'm surprised they didn't get some of the trainers in who's like, you know, I could throw the ball, you know, up over the mountains, you know, get them a few snaps. Like, like it was bad. So like, I'm glad they were conscious enough to get everybody in that they could, but I mean, we're playing the worst team we ever played. So, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to give props for the Virginia tech game this weekend. All right. Where are we going next? Iowa state. Hey, yeah, let's stick in college football. Iowa State, Iowa went down um, just like every other year that we remember watching them. Um, if you watched them and you thought, man, they're terrible, you were right because they're always terrible against Iowa. And yet they will be the Kansas City Chiefs when your team plays them. So don't get overhyped or don't overlook them because somehow they have this switch. Play Iowa, play like trash. Play everybody else, we're going to bring our A game. Brandon Purdy, uh, yeah, Purdy ain't missing those throws against West by God Virginia. What you think? I think what you said is the exact truth. Is what I, one of the things I hate about Iowa State? They're going to be ready when they play Oklahoma. They'll be ready when they play us. Brock Purdy and Brees Hall will look fantastic. Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell will will have never coached a better game than when he plays us. But when he plays Iowa, they play like little brother. They get beat down and punked every single time, or they get him. Either way, whether it's the last second loss or did you get punked, which this time they got punked. Purdy even got benched. I'm just tired of the Cyhawk trophy staying in Des Moines. I'm tired of it. And I've never cared about any trophy in my life outside of anything that West Virginia has ever, ever. And yet somehow I care about the Cyhawk trophy that Iowa State can never win. I said this before and I'll say it again. They remind me of so many other teams back in the Big East who could beat up on the conference but could never do something outside the conference, and I'm tired of you losing to Iowa. But let's also not forget to leave out a team that's not really in the conference but a team who always feels like they're back and then has to come back to actual reality. All I have to say is, sweet! Yeah. Woo Arkansas. Huh? I said Arkansas. And I'm sorry, it's Iowa City, not Des Moines. I don't know why I said Des Moines. But either way, I, I love Arkansas for what they did to Texas. They didn't just beat Texas. They embarrassed Texas, and it was fantastic. No, nah, they took their lunch money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, For real. They took their bike. This my not, but it's my bike now, punk. It could be both of ours. Nope. It's crazy to me because I really thought Sark was going to make a difference. I'm going to make a change for once in my life. And it wasn't the truth. I realized Sark was the the Sark he was and calling the plays because I was incredibly impressed with what he did in the national championship game. But when you're with Nick Saban, this is what happens. You get to, you get to Texas, you look very very normal, you look very casual, and uh, hey, this is what Texas does. And 
which what else way, do you say? People are like, people keep saying it takes time to build a winner. No, it does not take time at Texas. I'm sorry. You have the pieces. You have the talent. It does not take time to be more competitive than you were against Arkansas. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. There's no excuse for this. I'm not saying fire Sark now, but there are people who should be furious. And I'm sure the Board of Regents is furious. I'm sure the boosters and donors are furious with, with Sark. And this is what he signed up for. There are people saying that Texas is one of the best jobs in the country. And I don't think it is because they lost their mind, lost their mind. Well, Jeremy, you have the talent as far as recruiting is concerned, fertile ground. You've got the money, the pressure of winning. Like they said, Alabama, Alabama, Texas, the pressure of winning is so high. No way. I don't want it. Yeah, but real competitive people do. And coaches who've been coaching, they do. And the money that they pay, it's worth it. The trouble is. I don't think you can ever reach the expectations of Texas. That's true. Can we go on to another team? Yeah. Another big another big game from this weekend that we want to talk about is OH. I know. That's right. The rubber duckies. The Oregon Ducks got them boys, man. It was so exciting. It was so great. Um, the truth is, all right, I'm, I'm oh, hold up real quick. We're gonna take two seconds. We're not gonna go on and on about this. What what you think about the game? I was surprised that Oregon was as physical as they are. Mario Cristobal, he gets a tip of the cap because they were way more physical than I thought they would be. But I guess if you watched the film against Minnesota and what Ibrahim was able to do against Ohio State, you knew you could be physical and that you would be successful if you were physical. And, and that's what happened. Oregon out-physicaled them. They out-coached them. There were not enough adjustments made by Ohio State's defensive coordinator. Um and as good, as great as C.J. Stroud's stat, stats are, I keep saying C.J. Stroud is not as good as his stats show. His stats are better than he actually is because he's throwing the wide-open receivers. It's talented receivers, probably the most talented in the nation, with Alave and, uh, oh, what's the other guy's name? Yeah, well, uh, which, which, uh, which, which one? There's like 19 other ones. Yeah, go ahead. anyway, Chris Alave and the rest of them. Um, they're so good that they're open no matter what. Then you call a great scheme like the offensive coordinator does, like Ryan Day has put in, that they're going to be open. CJ Stroud has got to hit them. But when there's pressure or good coverage, CJ Stroud was not as on the money. He threw a lot of balls too high, which he did against Minnesota as well. Um, Big Ten freshman of the week yet again, but not as good as his stats show. Not good enough to beat Alabama. Not good enough to beat Georgia. Not good enough maybe to beat – I think he could beat Clemson because I don't think DJ, however you say his last name, I don't think he's very good either. I call him Ugalele. I know that's not his name, but it's easy. Hey, look, all I have to say about the Ohio State Oregon game is taste the soup. Taste the soup. <laughs> but where's the spoon? Aha! <laughs> Same thing. Where's, where's Ohio State defense? Wait a minute. Where's the defense coordinator? Aha! They, if you saw, today is Wednesday, and Ohio State came out and said on ESPN, I saw across the ticker that they're making big changes on their defense. Does that mean the defense coordinator? Does that mean the alignment? Who knows? But they said big changes are coming on their defense, and they need to be. I'm not saying Oregon's not good, but but their quarterback is not Vince Young. He was mobile. He could throw, but he was not Vince Young. What I saw more was a porous defense. Minnesota put up over 250 yards rushing. Oregon put up over 250 yards rushing. This defense, I've never seen a defense in Columbus look this porous. I'm not saying they can't rebound. They can rebound, run the, run the table, and make it to the playoff. That's possible. I'm saying I've never seen a more porous defense, and I loved every second of it. That's what I'm saying. you have anything else from college football, Brandon? 
No, I don't think I have anything else from Kyle. Oh, I do want to say there are people talking about storming the field. And I'm not throwing shade at anybody. All I'm saying is I disagree. If we beat Virginia Tech, there should be no storming of the field. This is a rivalry game. We are we are equals. We own the series record, but we are equals when it comes to I, Virginia Tech. I don't I hear what, what you're ranked. There is no storming the field beating Virginia Tech. I hear what you're saying, and, and there's a lot of people who come from that perspective. And me as a 35-year-old man who's lived my life and seen a lot of college football, I kind of feel this. I do feel the exact same way. Well, I should feel the exact same way. The reason why I pause is because we're talking about the number 15 ranked, ranked team that we haven't beaten the last three tries who are coming into Morgantown. We got spanked in the first game of the year. We lost, excuse me, to Maryland the first game of the year. So if they come into Morgantown and we beat the number 15 team who's undefeated, I don't have them. I don't mind 19 or 20 year olds who've never been a part of something like this jumping over the wall and jumping down on our logo. Hey, that's just me. I understand it's a 35 year old man, a little overrated. Where are the students? Where do they sit? Uh, they do sit on the upper. I don't care. I don't care. Why, why, why does that matter? Because whoever storms the field won't be first, won't be students first. Okay. Well, okay. Okay. But, but either way, my, my thing is if the students want to enjoy themselves, let them enjoy themselves. If somebody like me wants to help the students <laughs> enjoy themselves, which I will not, I have a bad back and I ain't trying to jump over no wall all the way to the ground and run on the field. I'm just saying 19, 20 year olds, if they're going to get excited about being the number 15 team in the country that we haven't, we haven't beat for a while, let them do it. I don't, I don't think we should, but it's Hey, Hey, enjoy your college life. It's an embarrassment. It is an embarrassment. I, I yes, thought, it's I an embarrassment to a 35 to 40 year old. Is it an embarrassment for for to a 19 to 25 year old? No, for the I don't brand. think so. It's an embarrassment for the brand. I don't know. It's an embarrassment hey. for the brand, Jeremy. I was embarrassed for Arkansas fans storming the field against Texas in the second game of the year. I mean, come on. Yeah, I don't know. Just look, you're looking as a grown man, and let them enjoy it. Let them youngsters enjoy it. Uh, all right. So we're talking NFL now. You want to talk NFL? I, I just, I just want to get into it really quickly because people keep talking about like, um, uh, by the way, you know me, I am not a Baker Mayfield fan at all. I do not like Baker Mayfield. I feel like people are going a little extra saying he could come up with the play that he needed to win. First of all, he's playing the Kansas City Chiefs. The Browns look like it could be anybody in the NFL. They look like a juggernaut. The Chiefs couldn't stop them on anything. Now, I understand the last throw he made was Aaron, and he shouldn't have. But Baker threw amazingly the entire game. And I know you're going to say, in the moment that it counted, he didn't come through. That's true. He's playing the Chiefs in the first game of the year on the road. Now, I'm not saying that he's not that guy. I'm saying you can't go. I think people are going too far for the first game of the year, especially when the Cleveland Browns look extremely good. Don't get it twisted. The Cleveland Browns are winning 11 or 12 games this year. They're going to beat almost everybody they play. The problem is they play Patrick Mahomes. They played um, Andy Reid. They played the offensive coordinator. Why am I? Eric Bieniemy. They played that offense who never... You know, it's very rare when you see them get beat. So they played that offense and the defense represented. They were up 22 to 10 at halftime, I believe. Jeremy, that whole game is not on Baker. They got a, they got a punt block. That's not Baker's fault. Um, but we measure quarterbacks not by what they do, but by what they, when they do what they do. That's true. Eli Manning is getting in the Hall of Fame almost solely off of two Super Bowls where he performed spectacularly. But are we talking about week one? I think this is way too harsh for week okay, one. Okay, fine. What did he do last year in the playoffs when Chad Henney was in for instead of Patrick Mahomes? And the That's right. He couldn't do anything. What did, and, and, did he lead them to victory then? 
in his second year as an NFL quarterback. I'm not saying, look, I don't like Jim Baker either. I don't think he's a man. I'm just saying I think people are overreacting to week one. Uh, Jeremy, I think they're reacting to what they saw. Week one was a chance to, to put a stamp on it. You had the lead. You didn't have to come back. Baker didn't have to come back. Baker had the lead. They blew it because he couldn't do it. And I'm sorry, but when it mattered, he made a he made the biggest mistake when it mattered. And he made one bad throw. I I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I don't know. I just need more than to be killing him on week one over that. I'm That's, not saying kill the guy. I'm not saying that. But I'm also not making excuses for him. I'm not either. I'm just saying, like, calm down. R-E-L-A-X. And, and to talk about that, what a big game between the Packers and the Saints, Brandon. I, I love it so much. I, I, like, I don't agree with almost anybody. About, I don't agree with you, I should say, about like your perspective on this game. But I'll let you talk. No, first of all, big shout out James Winston. He should have been starting last year. That's the way I felt. He throws too many interceptions, but he shows you what he has, a live arm. The Saints did it 38-3. to I mean, I feel like they should be celebrating uh, him more. Matter of fact, I feel like if, if this were – Drew Brees, who had five touchdowns, I don't care for how many yards, and they won 38-3, that's all they'd be talking about. But anyway, Aaron Rodgers, on the flip side, looked uh, unattached. He didn't seem like he cared. He threw some. He threw 10 times worse passes than Baker Mayfield did. And, uh, man, he's just, I don't know, I can't stand him. He gets on my nerves. He's just so pompous and arrogant, didn't show up all offseason. <laughs> then, he, then he plays, he plays like hot garbage. And, uh, I mean, it's true. Relax is only one game, but, man, look, y'all trick. Relax. He wasn't there for minicamp. He wasn't there for the preseason. He has MVPs and a Super Bowl. It's very different than Baker. To, Mar- to-, to Michael Finley, his tight end, also came on and said today, uh, nothing's ever his fault in the film room. And that kind of stuff you can mask when you're winning. When you get in your tail whipped 38-3, to yeah, you better win because you're going to lose this whole locker room really quick if you don't win because they don't like you anyway. I agree. Jermichael Finley, his former tight end, because at first I was like, he's still playing? Yeah. Well, don't say that. I didn't know Deshaun Jackson was still playing. I was like, what? Deshaun Jackson's still out there? Marcus Mariota, too. Marcus Mariota's not as old as Deshaun Jackson, but I just thought his career was done. Yeah. Uh, big big shout out to the Cardinals. Everybody wanted to talk all offseason. This offense doesn't work. This offense doesn't work. Kyler Murray looked like a stud. They whipped the Tennessee Titans, who went to the AFC Championship game just last year. They put uh, was it AFC or NFC? I mean, you know, AFC or uh, either either way, they put it on the Titans, who were supposed to be really good teams. I want to give a shout out because the the Cardinals have been taking a lot of heat from a lot of defensive players, a lot of coaches talking about that kind of offense doesn't work. Mm, well, it looked like it worked in Week One. Maybe we'll be wrong later on, but you know, JJ Watt, Tyson Chandler getting five tackles. Big shout out to them. Tyson Chandler plays in the NBA. Chandler Jones, on the other hand, was great. oh excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> but that's what we got. We wrapping up college football for y'all. We're giving you a little bit preview on West Virginia. We can't wait till this Saturday. It's rivalry week. Va Tech, Va Polytechnics are coming into town. Trust me, don't be ridiculous. Don't be over the top when, when they're in Morgantown. But definitely let them know that we don't love them. Don't be asking, hey, do you want a pepperoni roll? Yeah. Nah, y'all trick. Better drive to the gas station. Let's go. Rack me, boys. Gridiron Metalworks is our new sponsor for the Raspy Voice Kids for the RBK. We are now working with Gridiron Metalworks. It's the perfect gift for the hard to shop for. Metal home goods that are made for college super fans. You can find collegiate branded grills, grates, and griddles, and or flower pots, stainless steel bookends, and coasters 
even can coolers, all in actual school colors, not just the, oh, it's close like other manufacturers do. It's a gift that you can almost guarantee someone doesn't have. It's high quality and made in the USA. Also, there's free shipping on all orders over $100. Go to www.gridironmetal.com. Use the code RASPY12 and you can jump in on the benefits. Gridiron Metalworks, making things that you want that you need. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by... Jeremy J.N. Fiend Phoenix. I'm in the building in the booth. We're both here. We're both ready to rock. Give it to you exactly how we got it. Tell you the truth about Virginia Tech and why we hate. That's right. Oh, I think they like me when they heard me on the other one. So it's only right that we hit you with another one. Let's go! Mountaineers, listen, we talked about this about four years ago, 2017. We weren't quite polished and we didn't know what we were doing. But what we did know was that we hated Virginia Tech. You we didn't, know, you didn't a, know what you were doing, but go ahead. We hated them with a passion. We hated them with a, with a real sense of hatred, but we did not hate on them. Because we'll never hate on them. The thing about Virginia Tech is, one of the things, one of the many things, you have a terrible mascot. We have the granddaddy of them all. The greatest mascot to ever walk this earth. A real mascot doing push-ups. You guys use robots. Robots. Our mascot and buckskin like a real man out there killing it with the musket blast, with the push-ups, and the chants. And what do you guys have as your mascot? What do you guys use? You use a turkey. What is intimidating about a turkey? Who's afraid of a turkey? A turkey is not some kind of a bird of prey. A turkey's not some kind of falcon, some kind of eagle, something, something strong, something, something masculine. No, a turkey is a bird that is hunted. It, 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 it eats insects, bugs, and nuts. See, the thing about turkeys is nobody is even worried or concerned about them. Some people hunt them, but for the most part, we just move on with our lives. We don't care. Wait, I'm getting something. It turns out, Jeremy, it's not. A turkey, it's a hokey. A hokey is more than a turkey, or less, should I say. A turkey that is neutered. That's what a hokey is. So you chose to pick your mascot. Not only is it not intimidating on its own, but you went and took the most intimidating part about it away. All of its testosterone, all of its animosity, all of its strength, gone. For what reason? Who made that decision? I don't know, but you can't compare if we're talking about mascots. When we talk about colors, you guys have the color orange in your scheme. Now, what do you think when you think orange in college football, Jeremy? Orange in college football? College football. <sighs> I don't know. Tennessee, Texas, burnt orange, terrible orange. Nobody looks at them as great programs. Nobody remembers them for what they are. We only think of them in the distant past. But when it comes to orange, nobody even considers Virginia Tech. And you chose to pair your orange with maroon. Hideous, hideous decision. Very ugly comparison, not comparison, very ugly connection you guys made. I don't know why you made that. I don't know why you went with that, but it's like your turkey. It makes no sense. You're Virginia Tech. That's what you do. Then when we talk about football, you want to talk about academics. When we want to talk about conference realignment, you want to talk about grades, entrance, all kinds of things that don't really matter when we're talking about football. You guys are like your Appletini sipping brothers, Virginia. But you don't represent your state, no. You represent VMI, VPI, VPI, excuse me, Virginia Polytechnic Institute. We at West Virginia University represent an entire state, an entire state and beyond. Virginia Tech does not have that. And I'm sorry that you don't. I'm sure that it hurts, but those are the facts. And if I'm being real, I just plain out hate 
Virginia Tech. I hate them not quite as much as I hate Pitt, but almost there. Pitt I hate for so many reasons. We'll get into that in another video at another time. They've got their time coming. When it comes to you, though, you guys get recognition you don't deserve. I could sit here and talk about the fact that we have more wins than you. I could talk about the fact that we own the overall head-to-head head to head competition. I could talk about how we have more consensus All-Americans. I could talk about how we've been to more bowl games, but I'm not going to, to expound on that because that's not really what this is about. If we're being honest, we're identical programs almost. We're almost identical programs. And I hate that you think that you're better than us. You think, you think you're better than me? You're not better than me. Your state's not better than us. There's nothing about you that's better. In fact, a lot of people will try to talk about one of your major points, Enter Sandman. And I'll give props. Enter Sandman is a fantastic song. It's a fantastic song. It's a great entrance. Can I say that, Jeremy? Can I be honest? No, it's real. Real talk right now. Real, real talk. Real, real recognize real. But what I want you to understand is that Enter Sandman is nothing compared to Country Roads. Enter Sandman made it to number 16 on the Billboard Hot 100. That's the highest it ever got. Country Roads was number one. More than once. More, it was number one. Let you know what the people think. Let you know what the industry thinks. Let you know what the world thinks. As they sing Country Roads all over. But what's even more important is you guys hang your hat on that song for an entrance. We save ours for the exit. Why is that important? Well, you know, I usually don't do this kind of thing, Jeremy, but I'm going to read, I'm gonna read a scripture to you guys. Get at him. Ecclesiastes 7.1. A good name is better than good oil. We all know that. Everyone wants a good name. And the day of death, or the exit, is better than the day of birth, the entrance. Starting something is not as good as ending it. And when you come to Morgantown for the first time in 16 years, we're going to give you what we should have given Marcus Vick, what we did give to so many other Hokies. And what we can never, ever give you enough of. And that is an L. An exit and a song. 60,000 strong singing country roads. Wow, that should be it. It should be over. He brought it. What else can I say? I would just water a Delver beer. Son, son. Son. I'm just speaking, look, just look. speaking facts. We hate VT. That's what it is. My goodness, I wasn't ready for it. That fire, that spirit. I loved it because I also hate Virginia Tech. Here's the thing. Last video that we did, if you watched it, it was all about facts and stats and figures and all that good stuff. So don't get it twisted. If you haven't seen it, go to YouTube. Watch Why We Hate Virginia Tech, the first part. You will love it. Right here, this, this, this time, I just want to give you a little piece of me. Brandon just, just dropped it on you. Nothing I'm going to do be able, is going to be able to top that, but I'm going to be for real. The reason why that I, I hate Virginia Tech so much is because you, you believe you're bigger than what you are. You're good. You, you've, you've done good things. But you, I, I don't know if it's ESPN. I don't know if it's uh, people gas you. I don't know who, what, what happened. But somehow, at some point, you thought, most importantly, that you were better than us. It's like you started looking down on us like, like you're a big boy. You lose the fact. Like Brandon said, just barely, like touched on a little bit. We own the most wins. We have more conference championships. We have more All-Americans. We have more BCS bowl games. The only BCS bowl game you ever won was against Cincinnati. And yet somebody gassed you up to make you feel like you're better than us. That's the real reason, Brandon. If we're getting to the nitty-gritty, that's the real reason why I can't stand Virginia Tech. Because they walk around like, like the stuff don't stink. I know you like to think that you don't stink. But then here's the truth. 
You're not better than us. And I just mentioned this other stuff. Even as a program, I'm not just talking about football. I'm talking about as a program. The only claim you fit to, to any kind of favor or relevancy is in football. No other sport are you relevant. Think about basketball. When, I know you've had a few good years with Buzz Williams. But when people see Virginia Tech in the top 25, they think, oh, Virginia Tech's right? That's what they think because you're not relevant. Oh, he's just saying he's, they're not relevant because he's trying to. No, you played basketball for over 100 years at, at the Virginia Polytechnics. And you've been to the NCAA tournament t- t- uh, uh, tournament 12 times. Brandon, 12 times in their entire existence? How? No Final Fours, no championship games. The rest of your sports are irrelevant. So in football, I know you had some wins. I know you had Beamer Ball. I know you had certain things. Lane Stadium is great. But don't get it twisted. You've won one BCS game. You've lost, you lost all the rest, like I said, against Cincinnati. Yet you have the nerve to try to look down on us? Like you're better than us? The truth is, Brandon, I didn't start hating them. It wasn't until 1999 when Michael Vick went and did his thing. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to tell Mountaineer fans, I'm sorry. I didn't hate them at that point. I, I didn't either. It wasn't until 2003, I believe it was 2003, when they came in. And at 2003, I'd have been 17 years old. They come into Morgantown, and I've never seen a more arrogant and more pompous team in my life than when Kevin Jones and the Virginia Polytechnic showed up in Morgantown. I understand the crowd was booing, but, 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 but he was egging the crowd on. And I remember thinking that the hate started to burn. And you know what happened? We beat you 28 to 7. We put it on the number three team who was undefeated. But that wasn't it. We go to 2005, and this is where the hate was sealed. Marcus Vick, little Mr. Uh, uh, handed everything. Living in the shadows of someone else's dreams. That's what he was. I've never seen somebody so, uh, what's the word? So uh, overrated, overhyped. Overrated, overpri- uh, overhyped. Uh, uh, well, you think you deserve something. That's that's what entitled. I'm entitled. That's the word I wrote down. I couldn't remember right now. So entitled when he did nothing but live off his brother's coattails. And then he's going to flip off the crowd. He's going to hit our defensive coordinator. I remember that went through me. Classless. And like I said, entitled. That summed up your whole entire program. And I hated you every, every single second since. Because you think you're better than us. And we own you in almost everything. And sometimes you come at us. You, you, you talk about us. You, you, like you said, you, you, you puff up. Who are you talking to? Do you think you're talking to Virginia? I think you've got the wrong, the wrong rivalry. You, yeah, you own the, the overall lead against Virginia, but you're talking to the wrong man, Chief. We own this. I know you've won a few games here in the past, but we own this rivalry. You want to talk about players that you get, people in the NFL? I had a guy come at me on YouTube talking about, yeah, we have so many NFL players, shows we're a better program. No, it doesn't. It shows you have a more talent-rich area, which you do, duh, everybody knows that. But what did they do at Virginia Tech? You won one BCS ball game. It doesn't matter. We do more with less. You do less with more. Who are you talking to? Watch your tone. When you come to Morgantown, we are going to show you that we don't play. I understand. You got us in, in, in D.C. Hey, tip the cap. You're still down in the rivalry. But when you come to Morgantown, 
Better believe, baby, you want to remember to stay in your lane. I'm going to tell you like Fabulous told you. Like I said, it, he's, they, they are like the kid who comes to the park, who hits a few threes and feels good about himself. Like, yeah, I can ball. Yeah, you had a few threes. You look kind of good. You ain't that great. But okay, super inflated. When you come to Morgantown, I'm going to twist it a little bit. But like Fabulous said, you think that you're Michael Jordan. And when you come to Morgantown, you ain't even Ben Gordon. Bring yourself. I can't wait for Fuentes and them boys. Let's go. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply